Whipsters! This is the Women in Pants podcast, helping you overcome your work history gaps. I'm your host, Shana Brazier. This episode is an interview with Christy. She is the creator of Being Kind Honey Spreads. Christy shares her story of teen pregnancy and faith and how she became an entrepreneur. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you can get updates when a new episode airs. Now for the show. Christy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk to you, especially just the little tidbits I do know about your life. So let's just jump right into it. Why don't we go all the way back to high school? Okay. <laughs> when you are 16 years old, sweet 16. Yes. Tell me what happens that year of your life that kind of changes the direction of your life forever. So I saw a cute guy at church and um, introduced myself and it sort of started a a whirlwind of, you know, just the two of us and ended up getting pregnant at 17 and married at 17 and um, started my whole stay at home mom thing at 17. (laughs) (laughs) And this was like pre-teen mom. So you didn't get a TV deal out of this. No, that would have been great though. (laughs) (laughs) Well, great money wise, but (laughs) everything about you would be all over the internet. (laughs) How did, sorry, how did your parents feel about this? You know, my mom was a teen mom. Um, she had her first, my older sister at 16. Um, so, um, my background with her was she was a very pro-life. Um, she started a pro-life, um, like hotline. So, so I knew that that part of it wasn't going to be an issue with my mom. Um, so it actually was better than I thought it was going to go. I didn't really know how it was going to go to be honest. And she sort of started I, Chris was my, my husband was my first serious boyfriend and the only person I've ever been with. And, um, she had suspected that I had started becoming, you know, sexually active. And so she called me out on it out of the blue and totally caught me off guard and just straight up, you know, mentioned the fact that my period was due (laughs) and wanted to know if I had started. And I was like, no. And I had just found out I was pregnant like an hour before. And so, wow. Talk about uh, mother's intuition. I'm on mirror really close. So she sort of, I think she picked up on it or something. I don't know. It was weird. And so, um, she was just making dinner and she's like, your period was supposed to start today. And you know, your period was supposed to start. And I said, yeah, I know. And she said, and, and I'm like, well, and, and she just kind of was like, okay, well, I'm going to be back in 15 minutes. And then she left and, um, so she left for, you know, 15 minutes, went down to my uncle's house. who was like, oh gosh, just two miles down the road. And, um, they all called and were just super supportive and excited and, um, just kind of embraced the entire thing. Never made me feel bad or, um, you know, just like I said, they were just very supportive. So there was sort of a, um, a piece, I guess, made me, you know, know that it was going to be fine and that they were going to be there. And, and my boyfriend, husband, um, was fantastic. Like I picked a gold star winner early on, you know, we just sort of, um, had the same foundation of faith and a lot of the same, um, things that, that were important to us, very similar history with our families. And so I knew he was going to be cool about it. He didn't know my mom knew first. Um, and then my dad came home and she's like, Oh, you want to tell your dad? And I was like, eh, not really. (laughs) (laughs) And then, um, so she's, so she goes, well, you're going to be a grandpa. And he was like looking out the, the window and he said, he started chuckling. He says, well, it's going to be a cute little booger, isn't it? 
And that was, that was it. That was my, that was my experience telling my parents I was pregnant. (laughs) That is really not traditional, I would say, or it's really unique because for, for all aspects of it, for the parental support that you got right off the bat and the not shaming, that's huge. And then also the, the father was interested from the beginning and kind of on the same page as you. Like those are a lot of stars to align for the (laughs) first child to come into the world. I think that's really cool. Yeah, no, it's definitely a unique experience. And, you know, I know that we, um, we, we were very fortunate to have two very supportive families that never, um, really condemned us for, um, having a child so young and a very supportive church family that was very supportive of us and, you know, baby showers and just a lot of love. And, um, so it made the process, um, so much smoother, I think, than it would be for, um, a lot of girls at that age. So, so- not to turn it negative, because I don't want it to be a negative thing, but were there like hopes and goals and dreams, especially career-wise, that were pretty much halted at that point? Well, it's funny because I was actually talking to my husband about um, sort of this topic the other night, and we were talking about like, you know, some girls dream of having babies and getting married and these grand cre- um, careers and stuff. And, um, that just wasn't me. I think maybe I'm a little bit, um, of a free spirit. You know, I, I had an idea of what I wanted to do. I wanted to work for Oregon Fish and Wildlife and do like a game warden, you know, something so I could be outside and, um, you know, get bad guys that were doing bad things to animals. But yeah, just like a small, but it was just like a small idea. It wasn't like, um, it didn't, wasn't my driving force in life. You know, I just, I think I just liked to um, goof off, maybe, you know, go swim in dirty ponds and play outside and climb trees. I was just kind of a free spirit. So I didn't have a big plan like that at all. (laughs) So your baby comes, is it a boy or a girl? It's a boy. And so so then you were what, 17 when he was born? Yeah, I was 17. I turned 18 shortly after he was born. So we have the same month. We're both, our birthdays are this month, so. Oh, this month, happy birthday. Big 4-0 Saturday, so. <laughs> wow, happy birthday. That's a big one. That's fun. Awesome. Thank right? You. No, I think that's awesome. So then walk me after that. You you and your husband decide that you're going to be the stay-at-home parent. Is that how that works? Yeah, you know, my mom was a stay-at-home mom. Um, I'm a little bit of a control freak. I didn't really necessarily trust anybody else. Uh, with my son besides our parents. And um, I didn't even put him in the the nursery. I was just very um, weird about it, I guess. Um, So protective in that format. I just wanted him to be home with me and I wanted to see all his firsts and, um, you know, and that's what I grew up with. You know, that was my role model as my mom was, you know, a stay at home mom. So it just kind of was a natural progression that happened. It wasn't necessarily a deep conversation. It just was, it just was what was going to happen. <laughs> yeah. And did you have more children through the years yeah. or is he your only? Nope. I have a daughter. She is 19. So he's 22 and she's 19. And then I was done. Two was good. Um, my husband probably would have had more, but <laughs> being a stay at home mom is a lot of work. So. It is a lot of work. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> so at what point, or, or I guess maybe how many years then were you a stay-at-home mom without having a career? 
uh, 20. Uh, my, my youngest one was just getting, uh, she was 17. So I guess, yeah, about 19, 20 years. Um, I had thought about getting a job, um, periodically through that, but I wanted to be here when they got home from school. And, um, I wouldn't say I was always a fantastically patient mother, but I wanted to be here, you know, and like, at least have them have like a dependable person, you know, so they weren't getting into too much trouble. <laughs> right. No, that's beautiful. Us, but, um, so I had thought about getting a job. Um, I like people. So I looked, you know, I was like, Oh, do I want to do something in the evenings? But then I didn't want to be gone in the evenings. Cause then I wouldn't see my husband and then the week, you know, just kind of all that stuff and kind of prayed about it through the years. Um, and figured that when it was supposed to happen, the Lord would open the door and that's when it would happen. And that's kind of exactly what happened was this happened. <laughs> so tell us that story then. Um, I had started sort of, um, thinking about getting some bees. My uncle, um, Doug is a honey, was in the honey business and he was kind of transitioning from doing it. And I was super disappointed to be losing out on my honey supplier, you know, and, um, and his stuff was just so good. And so I was like, Oh, I'm thinking about doing these, these bees. And so I started like looking into honey stuff and I had an idea come into my, my head head with honey and it's not the one we ended up going with, but I um, went to a friend at the gym and I was like, Oh, I have this idea. I think it'd be great for you. And I was like, so do with it what you want. Um, and that was it. And then a couple days later, I'm like, now, why did I tell her that she could have, I, I want to have this idea with her. Hold on back up. So then I would, I was like, actually, let's just do this. Let's make a little business out of it. It would be fun. And so, um, that's kind of what started the original, um, seed. Was that, um, and so the original then, business was going to be just harvesting honey. Yeah. It was related to harvesting honey. It's an idea that's still on the back burner. So I'm not going to say what it is, but it was something, um, with honey. So I had started researching different, like, um, things with honey and found, <laughs> found that I wanted to make like my own face mask, you know, like something good for my face. Cause I don't like, um, chemicals or anything on my face at all. And I don't, well, I really don't like to use them period. So I had, um, made up a face mask with some honey and coconut oil and a couple other goodies, but it was all totally safe to eat. And then, you know, when I put on my, my face and my whole mask up and I'm like, man, that's, that's pretty good. This tastes delicious. You know? So I was like, Oh, I took it downstairs to my husband and said, you know, Hey, try this. And he's like, that is really good. And he's like, you really need to do something with this. And I was like, I don't know, you know, kind of scared of the whole idea. Cause it was, cause I thought it was a really good idea. And so I brought some to Angela and my business partner and, and she tried it and she's like, Oh my gosh. And then we just kind of sat down and we're like, you know, let's, let's get up with the name. And she kind of um, took the lead on getting it set up as a business and um, in the sort of, you know, that kind of, um, I don't even know what the word is, but she took, she took that role of setting it up and getting our business name and, um, taking like, out the name, right like the here. business manager side of things. Yeah, she did. Yeah. She, I think she believed in the idea and was thought it was a better idea than even I thought it was at the time. Maybe just cause I'm a little, um, like I'm a good cook, but I don't like to cook for people. Like I don't necessarily have high confidence in like that kind of stuff. People have better confidence in me than I do when it comes to like things I make or cook or bake or anything. So, so at yes. this point, was it something you eat or was it a face scrub? No, now I had turned to something you eat because it tasted too good to be a, um, to be a face scrub. 
though our spreads can totally be used on your face. That's not technically what they're for, but if you wanted to like dual purpose and, you know, put a lot on your face and eat at the same time, you could. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like something that could be in a kinky shop. I, I actually, I, I've had people sort of joke with me about it, you know, like, you know, oh, your husband can lick it off your face. I'm like, sure. If you really want to go that route with it. <laughs> yeah. So. so then how do you go from, I'm, and I'm assuming it's a spread that you put on like crackers and breads and stuff, fruit. Yeah. Made with uh, organic coconut oil and raw honey and just one or two spices that go with it. So I took out the other stuff that made it more for your skin and made it, um, the recipes just sort of became super clean, no additives, no preservatives, no chemicals, just very raw ingredients. And um, well, isn't honey kind of a natural preservative anyways? Sure. Yep. Honey is, and so is coconut oil. Um, they're both have super good shelf lives. Um, yeah. You know, so they're just a good, they're just good for you anyways. So that's why I kind of was like, okay, this might actually be something it's not on the market. Nobody else sells it at all. Um, they still don't, you can't really find it anywhere. Um, so that's kind of was another indicator that it was a good idea. You know, when, when you don't see anything on the market, you know, that there's a niche and it's a huge niche because people don't want all the junk that's in food anymore. They don't want the chemicals and the processing and right. the cooking have some of the cooking out all the good stuff. And so, um, yeah, so it goes on toasts and vegetables and coffees and teas and meats and savory oh, yeah, dishes. I bet it would be really good in coffee and tea. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. So we have the five flavors and they kind of each do their own thing. And, um, yeah, I don't know. They just kind of, we, um, we started it with just a couple hundred bucks onto it. Um, with a lot of money, to be honest, it was just like, okay, this is going to be like a side, a side job for both of us. Both of our husbands um, are the sole providers in our households. So it wasn't going to be a huge, we didn't want to take from our household to start a business, you know, for something, a lot of money anyways. And so, excuse me, we started up with the, with our little bit of seed money and bought a big jar of honey and some coconut oil from Costco. They're organic, you know, raw coconut oil. And we made up um, a batch big enough to go to um, Harvest Moon, which is a Christmas bazaar out here in Boring. Huge bazaar, beautiful um, stuff. I mean, it's, one, it's a high quality bazaar. And we were really excited to be even accepted into it. And um, we sold out the first day. And we were like, oh no, we got to make more. And it's a three day bazaar. And so we, we used all the rest of the stuff we had and um made it and we sold out the second day and we couldn't even we had nothing for the third day so we were like that's well, that such a good problem to have that's yeah. amazing yes yeah, so we moved through like 200 units which was a lot you know for us and so we um we took all the money we into the um the business and you know looked for a couple other bazaars and we got into um angie decided to approach bob's red mill and dave's killer bread um, just because they're so well known in the area and, um, they support local businesses and they're just, you know, fantastic about that. And, um, I'm going to pause you for just out. one second. What was the name of the product at this point? Uh, being kind. And is it still that's, that same name? That's still a name. Yep. Um, mm -hmm. it derived from Angie, Angie actually picked it out. Um, her grandpa, um, is a blueberry was a blueberry farmer out here in Estacada, and he used to have her memorize Bible verses back in the day. And one of the verses that he had her memorize was Ephesians four twenty three, which was 
be kind, be compassionate, you know, forgive others. And she's like, you know, it's, what do you think of this? And I was like, that's cool. And so that's kind of where it came from. We did a play on words. It's nice, you know, tells people to not be a jerk. So we figured people <laughs> wouldn't have too much of a problem with it. And uh, you that's know, cute. Yeah, it's been our driving force. It really hasn't been an issue, um, you know, which is always a little complicated when you're um, a faith-based business. Sometimes um, putting your, a Bible verse on a, on a label or um, something like that can get a little bit of a ne- negative feedback, but it's been really nothing but positive because, you know, our, our message is just be nice, you know, it's be nice to your body, you know, be good to the environment, be just be good, you know. <laughs> That's awesome. So go back to your story where you approach these uh, Red Mill people and who else? I can't remember who else. It was Bob's Red Mill and Dave's Killer Bread. Um, Bob's Red Mill and both of them actually are right there in Milwaukee. And uh, Angela actually approached them. They both took us in um, about two months after we launched, three months after we launched. We were in both those stores and that was sort of a, a nice platform for us because most of the people in in Oregon especially have heard of both of them. So we were able to be like, oh, we're in Bob's Red Mill and Dave's Killer Bread, um, healthy bread store. So stop in there and grab it. And so it really kind of um, helped us out a lot. That's awesome. And where is the company now? Do you have a website? Are you in other stores? Like where, what do you guys, where do you guys sell now? So we're in all of the market of choice locations. Um, I think there's 11 of them throughout Oregon. Um, we're in Chuck's Produce over in Vancouver, Washington. We're in Rosars over in Hood River, um, Newport Avenue Market, and Market of Choice over in um, Bend. Uh, then we're in um, some places over in Salem, like Willamette Valley Pie Company and Easy Orchards. And in Sandy, we're in Tollgate. And there's quite a few, and they're all listed on our website at beingkind.com with two E's. (laughs) And when are you going on Shark Tank? I, you know, we got asked that immediately. And um, I don't know that if it's the right fit for us. Uh, We don't want to go into debt for our business. And we don't really want somebody else telling us what to do um, with it. So I don't know. I, I guess we'll keep going how we're going until we can't really um, have the business take care of itself. I mean, that's a big deal to both of us is not to grow, um, at a rate of which we can't sustain it with the business operating the way it is. Yeah. So, well, if you ever do get to that point and you need to go on shark tank, give me a ring. Cause I watch it religiously. <laughs> so I'll be able to tell you about all the different sharks and yeah. what to expect from them. <laughs> people sometimes and I'm sensitive. I don't want to cry on national television. So I don't know. (laughs) That's awesome. But that's so great that you're having such great success on something that started off um, just as like an innocent personal thing. Do you know what I mean? Like it wasn't Mm -hmm. like you were like, I have to have a product and I have to sell it and stuff like that. It just kind of grew naturally organically. And I just think that's really rare. You just have lived a little bit of a rare life, Christy. I feel like a (laughs) lot of your experiences are really rare. Uh, You know, I don't, you know, I had an interesting, my life was sort of, um, I wouldn't say it was difficult, but I, I think I had a lot of trials that, you know, maybe some kids don't have, you know, just, um, 
my biological father wasn't in the picture. And um, luckily I was adopted by my stepdad, who's amazing. And then, you know, um, just family tragedies that sort of made it. So I, um, I took kind of a different, I'm trying to think of how I want to say this. Um, I was kind of built to be strong, I guess. Yeah. Sort of with, um, a lot of resilience when it comes to like, um, I don't know. I don't know the right, I don't know how to say it right, but <laughs> no, I know what you're saying when it comes to like bumps in the road, even though you don't want to maybe call them bumps. Like I'm sure you wouldn't consider your son right now a bump in the road, but no, a lot of people would consider getting pregnant as a teenager, a huge bump in the road, as far as maybe unexpected things coming up in your life. Sure. And I, and I think maybe because I was brought up you know, like knowing like that I would have support from my mom, like my mom, like I said, we're, we've always been really close. Um, but you know, just having like my dad not be there and just the little, my grandma committed suicide when I was 10. And so that sort of shifted a big, um, that was a big shift probably for me to be like, you know, very, um, not weak, I guess. So bigger things, the pregnancy wasn't that big of a deal. I know it would be to some people. Um, I just had the mindset that I was pregnant and I was going to do what I needed to do to take care of the baby. I didn't know what I was having until he was born, but, um, and that was just my mindset. It was never a woe is me. It just never even crossed my mind to be honest. Um, I know it would be for some people. It just wasn't, it was just like, you know, I think in any stage in life, rather you're 17 or 25, you decide what you're going to do. And, um, if it, if you're going to do it, do it right. Or try to anyways, I guess. (laughs) Well, I'm going to try to take that lesson from you because sadly, um, like if I go to the grocery store and they're out of something I want, I am the woe is me person. Like (laughs) I'm not coming back here in two days to get this product. And that wasn't woe is me about that kind of stuff. Oh my don't have my favorite thing in a grocery store, but like, the big stuff, you know, and I think you just, you learn to put your head down, I guess. And I, I did that with my mom. Like I said, her, she, after my grandma's suicide, her depression was bad. It was, it was really bad. And, um, that was, you know, you sort of, we had, I had three siblings and, uh, at the time my brother was a baby when she um, died and just dealing with that sort of aspect of it, you know, um, being kind of a second mom to my younger brother and helping when my mom didn't want to get out of bed and things like that. I think that sort of, um, sets the foundation in a different way than I think it would for people who had it set up a little bit differently. If that makes sense. (laughs) That totally makes sense. So let's talk to the women listening to this podcast right now who are maybe in your same position. They've been a stay at home mom for a while. Um, they maybe have an idea for a really great product or, you know, something maybe not exactly the same as yours, but something food wise, what would you do the same? What would you have done differently? Like what advice are you giving that lady? I probably would take the small business class at at, um, PCC. I think they do one down there for um, startup food businesses that want to get their food to market. I think that's actually what it's called is um, food to market. Um, I would do that because there's just so much information that you don't even think about from the the licensing to where, you know, like where are you going to produce your stuff? Um, we went with, we opted to go with a domestic kitchen license 
Um, but there's other licenses depending on what you have. Um, a lot of people use commercial kitchens. Um, and then you have dealing with the FDA and nutritional information. And it is, it is a monster. And we learned it as on the fly. Every bit of what we've done, we've learned on the fly. We've learned, and especially me, Angela has some background with having um, her own business. Me, not at all. So you have to know how to do the bookkeeping and the billing and the purchase orders. And it is a lot. So I would go to a class. <laughs> so much. And I imagine that most community colleges are going to teach something along those lines if you're not in the Portland area. Probably. I know that there that there's lots of different opportunities um, for at PCC that they do for um, different like business classes for small businesses. Again, I haven't looked I haven't looked into them, though I am going to because I need some help. <laughs> <laughs> My brain can only work so fast and I feel like I, it might be slowing down. I might be getting stupider. <laughs> well, <laughs> you do have a big birthday coming up. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the 40. Uh, you, you start losing brain cells at 40, apparently. They go with each gray hair that pops up on my head. <laughs> well, if that's the case, I'm in trouble. <laughs> oh, so I, dye my, I, don't dye, I don't dye mine, so there's like, you know, a nice, I'm getting like these soul patches going on. <laughs> <laughs> and what and, thing do you think you did really well that you would do uh, again? I think both of us put our heads down. I mean, we really went into it with a realistic expectation, um, you know, with a good, with good goals, not doing more than the two of us could, could handle. Um, and then building the relationship you have with a business partner who, you know, me and her hadn't been friends for years. We were friends in the eighth grade, but we were not friends from eighth grade till four years ago. So, um, we had ran into each other here and there, but start, so basically we were starting a friendship and a business at the same time. So there's that. It's super complicated, <laughs> but we did a lot of that kind of stuff right. We were really um, lucky, I guess, and blessed to not have it be um, that part of it be too challenging. But we had a plan, and you got to yeah. have a good plan to start with it. And if you don't, you're just going to be fumbling around, you know, just stressed, which we've had those moments too. But you know, initially a good plan. Well, and having the right partner just makes all the difference. I know my, my partner for women in pants, Sarah, she's just one of my best friends. And so that comes naturally the friendship. But like you said, um, I think our realistic expectations of how fast we can go and where we think we can go, um, are what help us not fight <laughs> with each other. Cause yeah. if you had unreal, unrealistic expectations, but so much stress on you, on the relationship, on the business, all of it. I, I a hundred percent agree with that. And I, you know, when we have meetings where we bring ourselves back down to earth sometimes because one of us will get an idea and then we'll be like, okay, no, we can't, we can't do that right now. That's just, that's just too much, you know? So in last year we rebranded, um, last October and, um, we got into a co-packer. So now we are no longer Thank the Lord Jesus, making our own spreads. We're having a fantastic co-packer in Oregon City who's locally, um, who's local. They do, um, they're a local food producer as well. And they have the same vision with their products as we do with ours. So it's been just like fantastic. And it frees you up to do the things that, that they can't do, which is be your brand ambassador exactly. kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. And I think that once you get to that point, 
night, it really helps a lot to have somebody else doing the day to day. I mean, it was killing us because manually opening and it doesn't seem like it, but manually opening and closing hundreds and thousands of jars and heavy product was, you would just get sick of it. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a lot on your body. Tendon. Well, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have to go to the gym. That's for sure. <laughs> no, I think it was it away. That's probably why I packed on a few pounds since we <laughs> quit doing our <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, Chrissy, I just applaud you for your success. I just love your story of like resilience and you just seem to have a good group of people around you, which I, again, would put that on the list of, you know, things is to make sure you have a good group of people around you who support you. And I just think that's wonderful. Um, Thank you for sharing your story and just giving a little bit of insight or hope or whatever you want to call it to ladies who are maybe, you know, 10 years behind you, five years behind you, wherever they are, um, that they too can, can have careers or have jobs after having a work history gap. I think that's wonderful. Do you have any final words for our audience? Oh gosh, for my audience, that's kind of a funny thing. (laughs) No, I would just say, you know, to, if you have like an idea that comes into your head, try it. The worst that's going to happen is it's not going to go anywhere. The best is it is. And then you, you know, it, it really builds a lot of um, confidence and um, I don't know. I just think try stuff. 